Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. My laptop is like, I don't recognize you. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. I, I do hope you hit the subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. That's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Dave Holmes. You remember Dave Holmes from many things, hopefully. Uh, yes, we all came, uh, he, he came to our attention anyway, in the, in the middle, late 90s uh, on MTV. I, I got to say, he was one of my very favorite MTV VJs, uh, which we get to talk about a little bit in this interview. Uh, Dave's gone on to do many things, uh, from uh, other TV hosting gigs to uh, lots of of fantastic writing he's done for uh, for publications. Uh, again, you'll hear about all of that in here. Uh, the main thing we're going to be discussing is his new podcast. It's called Waiting for Impact. Uh, and as he says, it tells the story of the 90s group Sudden Impacts. Uh, if you do not know who that is, that's okay, because unless you saw a music video, uh, Boyz II Men's Motown Philly, and took really close attention to everybody who was in the video. Uh, you don't know who the band is because they were sort of never heard from again. Sort of. Anyway, the podcast dives deep into what happened. Uh, we get to hear about that as we're talking to Dave uh, and then go on to discuss lots of fantastic nerd things like um, the lost pop cultures of the past, uh, pop music's need for weirdness, uh, the monoculture mono of the 90s, uh, SoundScan's impact on the music industry and how our collective perception of certain eras tend to leave out much of the uh, reality of times past. Uh, then Dave's also going to take us into the uh, Sudden Impact's Brushes with Fame and how we define success in the present and in hindsight, uh, the importance of pushing forward and the possibility of if he's going to do a second season and what that would sound like. So let's jump into this. This was so much fun. It's Kyle Meredith with Dave Holmes. Hi there, Kyle. We made it last. We made it last. It's finally happened. This um, it has finally happened. This kind this of. internet uh, nerd flirtation that we've had for, yeah. for weeks is finally. <laughs> it's finally consummated, and I love it. Yes, uh, we we were we were talking, of course, before this uh, intro, and um, it has been kind of funny that for. I think I'm, I'm I'm throwing out some assumptions here. The type okay. of people that we both are, and I'm talking mm -hmm. about just these these high level music nerd type of people, uh, yeah. and and in the industry for us both as uh, we've both been, um, it, it is kind of amazing actually that this has just never happened. But let me tell it is you, strange, yeah, that I am so excited to finally meet you actually because and likewise, likewise, yeah. I love hearing your voice. Uh, I love feeling that there is like a kindred soul out there, uh, and it's 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 great to finally connect. Yes, well, like a lot of folks in our generation, uh, you were um, a bit of a guiding light for me as well in the MTV oh. days. I mean, that's awesome. obviously when I became aware of what you were doing. Uh, but it was it was like it was like oh here's here's someone like me, here's someone Good. that I can you know that uh, and and it's been so great following you since then too. I mean. Um, Let's let's throw out a few of the things that's that's been going on. You put out a book a few years ago. I did. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Party of One, uh, right. a memoir in twenty one songs. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, a a book that was sort of putting itself together as a collection of essays for a long time, and then you know I finally found the right editor, who uh, who like whipped me into shape, and uh, yeah, that came out about five years ago actually. Yeah, right, right. 
Been doing um, that. You've got yeah. the Esquire stuff. Uh, you're writing for Esquire. Yeah, one stuff at Esquire, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, those articles are so good. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's really wild. Um, I, I I got very lucky in that I was uh, I was doing a column for Vulture for a while, and my editor on that moved to Esquire and was just like, "Do you want to come along?" And I, you know, and I like that is a magazine that like shaped my sense of humor. Um, like those dubious achievement awards uh, issues and later with AJ Jacobs and like they, they, they just had like, they, they were a, a critical magazine in my life and it's, it's crazy to be there. And that's something though, when you, when, when it finally happens, when you're like, Oh, I'm at, the, I'm at the place. I'm at the place. Yeah. 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 It's real weird. It's real weird. And it's like, I don't know that I had ever, like when I went into the office for the first time, five, six years ago, um, and I was surrounded by, you know, I was whatever, 40 something and surrounded by all these like brilliant 30 year olds. And I, I was like, oh, this is going to be I, you know, you just assume media people are going to be vicious. And a lot of them are. Um, but the, the, the team at Esquire happens to be really like kind and supportive and smart and all the things that you want them to be. That's exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good environment. And, yeah, and, and then, yeah, there's the uh, the other side, of course. The podcast side, and that's one of the main reasons that that we're here today. Uh, you've done a, you've done a, you've, you've got a, a few leading up to what we're getting to the point here with uh, with homophilia. Uh -huh. uh, you did uh -huh. one with our mutual friend Mike Doty, uh, or yes. maybe that one's still going on. It is, it is still going on. So yeah, that show uh, is called True Story. Because we uh, okay, because Mike Doty and I, first of all, we were like, yeah, we were we were neighbors back in the East Village in in like the late nineties. And, uh, and we met through mutual friends and, and became friendly ourselves. And we're both obsessed with the real world. And uh, and so we, we did like a, a real world rewatch uh, of season one and like did it episode by episode and then got busy and had to break. And then we came back together to do another season around um, the London season, which I believe is season four uh, of the real world. And then... Um, and then just like things got crazy busy for the both of us. He started recording. I sold this other uh, Waiting for Impact. Um, and and things just got like so busy that we couldn't, that we didn't have time to like watch the episodes, much less talk about them. So we were kind of just like, like we forget that people are listening is the thing. Like we put them out there just because it's kind of fun. And it's like, and you know, when we check, it's like, oh yeah, people are listening. But it's like, I don't, we just don't. I, I, it's terrible to say, but it's like we just forget that there's right. like, that people might that we might have created a thing that people might want more of. Um, so we just sort of stopped and we're like, oh, we'll get back to it when we can. And then there were like rumors on Twitter that we were feuding, and like, and that's too good to dispel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind the world thinking that Mike Doty and I are are beefing, um, but but we're not beefing. We will make new episodes. It's just a matter of finding the time. I can't wait for that uh, Ghost of Room track. That's a, a total diss, diss track to Dave Holmes. Oh my that's God, a... <laughs> that's the dream. That's that is a dream. dream. Like in 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 the soul coughing days. Um, so I had like I I mentioned on air that I was like learning, trying to learn guitar, probably back in like '99 or something. And so like uh, a viewer, uh, uh, like sent okay had uh, guitar picks made with my face on them. Wow. And and sent them to the studio, but like a thousand of them, and uh, and I was like, this is such a lovely gift that I cannot use. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's too like it was too it was too much. Mm -hmm. um, like it was so nice, like almost too nice. Um, so I kept a bunch, and Mike Doty was like, can I use these and throw them out at Soul Coffin concerts? And I was like, yeah, yes, of course you can. Yes, of course you can. So I'm sure there are some very confused 1999 Soul I Coffin concerts. I got one. Who the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? Um, but yeah, which that's like, that's actually kind of the, the perfect use of a guitar pick with your face on it. Tracks pretty well with something Mike would want to do anyway. Just, Absolutely. Uh, the, the, Absolutely. The idea, right? <laughs> yes. I love Absolutely. that. Yeah. Uh, I do love it. So you, you mentioned it, uh, and, and that's what uh, the latest thing is. It's Waiting for mm -hmm. Impact. So yeah. this is a podcast that came out in the fall. Was it the fall, late summer, somewhere? I, yeah, I lost came track out of time, but yeah. around, yeah, October of last year. It's a 10-episode show, um, kind of in the true crime vein, um, in which I uh, investigate a pop culture mystery that has uh, bedeviled me for, for decades, which is... Um, and I, you know, I say this to you in the form of a question, knowing the answer. Um, 
you remember the Motown Philly video by Boys to Men, right? Yes. Of course. So you know how that's kind of um, that's a bit of a marketing exercise for Michael Bivens' East Coast family, right? So it's like it's introducing the acts that he has signed to his label under uh, under uh, Motown, which are Boys to Men and Another Bad Creation, uh, who had Aisha and Playground, which I'm sure you remember from around '91. And then uh, about two and a half minutes into the video, for three seconds against a, a black background. There is this like group of five guys in matching white shirts and each in a different necktie and sudden impact is their name and it's literally in lights over their heads and they look at the camera and they point at the camera like super bold, like get ready for sudden impact. And then that's as far as I knew, the only thing that they ever actually did. Mm. And I had always in the back of my mind been like, that is a story to pursue in some medium or another. And podcastery just ended up being the perfect venue and, and it's it's funny because you do paint it like you said it's true crime because you ended up on the um just right or, or what, what, i'm sorry what's the exactly network right called? exactly, exactly right. right yeah, yeah. which um you know i have a wife who's in her mid to late 30s and mm-hmm. uh so she's a she's a very big fan uh of, of what's going on over there so Good, course, yeah. She, yeah yeah she had she had i think tipped me off even before i'd uh, seen it on the webs Dave Holmes. Dave Holmes is going to do this thing, and it's and it's set in the early '90s, and it's it is, about well, yeah, 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 and uh, it sort of does it. Well, uh, talk about that actually a little bit because mm-hmm. because this is it's not just, I guess it becomes the destination is not what you thought it would be, and and that happens a lot of time with the greatest of podcasts too, uh, especially with right. the murder mysteries. You know, it's it's always not exactly what you think it's going to be, but while you are trying to figure out what happened to this group. It mm-hmm. does become about so much more. And I think that's what inspires me to listen. Oh, good, good. Yeah, that's the thing is that, like, you know, this, the story itself I'm curious about because obviously something happened. You know, I, I've been adjacent to the music industry for long enough to know that, like, some things work out and some things don't. And it's and it's and it doesn't come down to talent or merit or, or work ethic or whatever. It's just, like, things fall through the cracks or there's – a difference of opinion or, or whatever. And so I was just like, something interesting happened there, I bet. But it's also, to me, it's like the the overall thing of like, you could look at this group as a failure um, because you don't know what happened. Or you could like be curious about what did and like, and celebrate what did. And look at the the parts of your own life where you're like, my career doesn't measure up to, you know, person X's career or like I set out to do this thing and now I'm doing this complete other thing. Like we all change course and we all like drop the ball and we all, you know, pick up new things that we didn't expect to and whatever. This is a strange uh, life and, and uh, you know, entertainment is a, is a capricious business. And um, so I, I feel I always felt like it would touch on larger themes of like what life is all about and what success is all about. And also like how our lives are so completely different now than they were in the 1990s. Mm. Um, These guys were kind of the last group to rise and fall before the internet. So they didn't leave a trace. You know, there's no, there's not like a broken like GeoCities link to their fan site or whatever. It's just, they were just gone. Um, so there, there was just there was a lot to get into, and and uh, and then on top of it, the story of what actually did happen turns out to be really interesting too. Yeah, it, there's um, I think what there's a lot of points that you just said that uh, I think drew me in, but it's the, one of those last ones too that was the the curiosity part. Then I, I don't want to say the novelty part because I don't want to paint it in that way. But around this time that the podcast started, in the few months leading up to it, <clears throat> I'd been doing uh, an internet archive project. Uh-huh. Uh, launch CD-ROM, launch magazine CD-ROM, and Blender Whoa. magazine CD-ROM. Wow! I had collected every one that I possibly could, which is to say that there is one from each series that I have yet to find. Oh, but boy! But it, it in a similar way, they had um, existed while the internet was going on. I mean, just as it was beginning, but because they both folded in this time before YouTube, not long enough to become cool again, you know, to become collectors just at a time, you know, because you have that natural cycle of things where now it's just lame and passe or whatever. But, but so they, most of them had never been uh, archived. 
And so I had wow. been in this archival project for about nine months in my spare time. It was my hobby. It was my hobby project. Yeah. Uh, of, of just collecting these and putting them up, you know, video by video, interview by interview, you know, yeah. on, onto YouTube and everything. And then to kind of stumble on to what you were doing with this. I mean, uh, again, I was like, oh, right. In, in that same way, because there is there is a line in pop culture history. There are lines all throughout pop culture history. And this one is that yeah. it's like you get something that happens right before something. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and I wasn't the point didn't mean what to me, what it meant to you. I didn't remember the point. I obviously I had to go back to find like, who is well, he talking about? You know? Okay, good. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I think you and I are similar in that we like, uh, grew up with and now crave, uh, that which is scarce. You know, now we're, we're now in a time when you can get literally anything. And there are, there are like five things I'm still looking for. And I'm still like, I'm obsessed with the idea that they're still out there. And like, if I, if like Linus looking for the most sincere pumpkin patch, if I find like just the right used record store, I will stumble upon that Tommy Keen Strange Alliance album that, right. that that there's 100 copies of in the world. And maybe they won't know what they have and they'll give it to me for two bucks or whatever. Um, you know, or, or I'll find like, you know, the whole late 90s run of CMJ magazine with the CDs intact. You, you know, know, I just bought an entire lot of those. Did you? Right See, behind this how, computer. How did I, I have know? A stack how of, did of, I know? That I just arrived in the mail like, I don't know, a week ago. How did I know? Yeah. Oh my God. Like who? And like who's on those covers? We're 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 think we gotta have a PJ Harvey probably. Oh. Do, um. Do you want me a, to go grab this stack? Did we. <laughs> yes. Yes. I. Yes, Kyle. Hang yes. on. This is. I've got to get this stack. I've, we at least got to flip through this a second. Just to give the the reader a flavor, he is getting up and he is going to the other side of his office. I thought better of this, and I thought to myself. I should have these over here because for some reason I feel like these could play a part of the conversation. Well, I mean, you had and to was, know, uh, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, like it's, you know, I I'm, I'm looking for that thing that I can't find. And, and it's like, that's, that keeps, that keeps a collector and an obsessive alive and engaged. Yes. Middle age. So this okay. is, I just bought this stack. There we go. I, and Julian. I'm going to tell you listener, it's a stack and a half. Yeah. So we got Juliana uh, Hatfield, Juliana Hatfield, soul asylum, soul here. asylum, Flaming Lips, oh, uh, God, Rockets yes. from the Crypt. Oh, there's the Presidents, Blue there. Presidents of the United States. Uh, Iggy uh -huh. Pop. Yeah, we got that. I 100% had all of these. Right, right. I had a subscription at this time in my life. Yeah. Living with a bunch of friends on 67th Street. It just keeps going. This was, this was, um, this was an honest Bible for me, you know, because for because, sure. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I was rural Kentucky and, and radio, it was country and pop radio. So I knew the mm -hmm. pop songs and I knew the country songs and sure. And, and maybe, you know, because of what top 40 was back then, you would get a good slice of alternative, which was yeah. um, just, which was just beautiful. You and I were talking about that over, over Twitter. And it was amazing at the time um what was allowed to be top 40 and and mm -hmm. because it was the last time that rock had such a presence on the charts in in the mainstream right. charts and what was going on there and 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 you know when i when i just want to have some fun on a saturday night and i look through old yeah. radio charts online and oh, and just pick on. a random year and and, and, and you, i was saying you that don't too. know you don't know what you just did to my heart <laughs> you don't yeah. know kyle yeah, that's, that's like, like that's how I know I'm talking to a friend. Right. You just dig it. You know, I dig into the Gavins and the and the uh, R and R's and and the oh, CMJs when they on. finally arrive. But it, and and I said, I think the most surprising one was when I was looking at it and was like, the Jayhawks were oh, even yeah the top. They were on pop stations. Like sure. like yeah, okay, so we know the cultural impact of bands like Nirvana, etc. And so that mm -hmm. one's not so far fetched because that was just such a, a mega thing that they had to play on. But I was like, man, you even had these bands on there. You know, it's like mm -hmm. alternative was so like everybody has to have it. We're gonna create an entire format out of this. That the top forty mm -hmm. was like, we'll take anybody and everybody. And I was like, wow, yeah. even the Jayhawks, who, you know, great band. I like the Jayhawks and everything. But it was like, that was actually surprising to see. It is. But it, but it's also like pop music has been weird. And like, not not in like experimental weird, but just in, in the sense of, of like, you know, you look back at like 1988 and teenagers were listening to like Don Henley and Steve mm -hmm. Winwood. Mm -hmm. That's weird. That is weird. 
Right. That's weird that a teenager, it's weird that like in 1983, 12 year old me would rush to the mall to get synchronicity, like a police album based on, you know, an, an obscure psychotherapeutic theory. Like that's, that's weird. Like music's mm. been weird. So, you know, after Nirvana, yeah, there were those few years where it was just like, it was just like, are you it? Are you it? Are you it? Like, it was just anybody had a chance because, you know, the fact that Nirvana broke through was very strange and unexpected. Right. right. So, yeah. So it could be the Jayhawks. So, um, yeah, I, I'll actually bring it back around a minute to. to so Waiting for Impact, the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. One of my favorite parts in it, uh, as we're talking about this nerdery, as we're getting at, mm -hmm. is you had a guest on. I apologize. I've forgotten his name. Um, mm -hmm. But he was talking about uh, Nielsen and mm -hmm. and charting and how it changed yeah. yeah and i had never even even looking through you know even as i spend my time um <laughs> in a very anti-social way in these yeah. moments uh alone in my charts it had not occurred to me i'd never read it like that that that's what changed top 40 radio mm -hmm. in this way and and mm -hmm. and for you listeners who are hanging on to every word of this conversation yeah um this, this, no it it, it on, is interesting. This is a moment, it is right? really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, Chris Melanfi who hosts uh, the Hit Parade podcast and writes about the charts for for Slate and, and whatnot. And uh, like he's he is next level uh, like chart nerd, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean that in only the the most complimentary of ways. But um, he okay, so he gets into um, in 1991. So up until 1991, Billboard magazine, the you know the the magazine that does the charts, their top 40 singles are the ones that Casey Kasem is is you know is quoting and reading from on American Top 40. Theirs is like the gold standard album chart. But up until um, 1991, they had been compiled by like people from the magazine calling radio stations and record stores and being like, "What are you selling? What are you playing?" So there. Like those people didn't have to tell the truth. There, it wasn't like under oath or anything. It was just kind of like, "What's your top 30? And so they would say it, and it was, you know, the, though we can't prove that it was super fraudulent, it was certainly um, vulnerable to, um, you know, uh, a lack of honesty. Right. And so that is why that might be why, you know, the uh, <clears throat> in the late '80s and early '90s, like, you know. Uh, Steve Winwoods and uh, and people of that nature could have like hit songs because that's you know the old white guys who were running things like that's what they were comfy with so they could kind of overrepresent that a little bit. They then in 1991 went to SoundScan, which was a little scanner thing at the at the counter of the record store and and for radio stations it was like a Shazam type piece of software that that literally listened to every radio station and said accurately what they were playing. And then it was just like the charts went from what older white guys wanted them to be to what they actually were. And Nirvana blew up and hip hop blew up. And and it suddenly like the charts reflected what America was actually listening to and buying and interested in. And that was a huge change. That was a huge change. It was less vulnerable to um, people kind of steering it. It was right. like, yeah. That, and it would that define the, the decade. Changed. It right. really would. Yeah, and, and and I think maybe maybe the biggest musically in in a way that we don't look at it, and that's I mean, it, it's sort of an interesting thing too. What you know, I kept thinking about while I was listening to your podcast is it's something I've thought about a lot as I'm just looking back in time. Is mm -hmm. you have the perceived version of what an era was like, you know, because mm -hmm. because after a lot of time, you know various things inevitably get left behind on and on and on until finally mm -hmm. you just kind of have a very small picture of what a moment right. was like right when you're digging in this you know this is a moment that you know was an important time in your life anyway you know this is a coming of age years right here so right. i'm sure it's fresh but at the same time digging into these stories with everybody do you start to you know find those moments where you're like oh this was the real early 90s and because like any era yeah. and i'll say this the early 90s that we usually think of is so much more complex than mm -hmm. what it actually was did that right. happen for you in this for sure yeah i mean you know i certainly you know we remember nirvana right and and we think that it was just like they happened and then pop just ended right like fell off a cliff right there and it really didn't i mean mm -hmm. like you know pop music continued to be like fluffy and fun and and even before 
Backstreet Boys and NSYNC made the scene. There were all these other sort of boy band-esque groups like Soul For Real and, um, you know, and, and certainly like, you know, Boys to Men, you know, became huge. Um, like that, that world continued. It's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I, I was just writing about like the way that we remember decades. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if if you get invited to an 80s party, it's like, you know what everybody's going to look like. And it's nothing like people actually looked in the 80s. Right. It's like people in, it's like certain people in 80s movies looked, but it's not how the 80s looked. And and, and when that period detail gets done right, it's like thrilling. Um, because I, uh, I, I was, only interrupt you real quick to say there's a joke, uh, an online joke that somebody said the real 80s was just wood paneling, just left over from the absolutely. 70s. Everything yes. was brown. <laughs> yes. And that like plaid carpet that you would put over the cement floor of an unfinished basement to like right. make it the kids room. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so I was actually just in the unfinished part of my parents' basement, uh, clearing it out as my mom was, was moving. And um, and I found a bunch of old vinyl and that old vinyl included. And I'm, I'm going to go around my desk and find it. All right. Um, but uh, some old k records that the family owned in the 70s and 80s. So hold on one sec. Um, if you got your CMJ, uh-huh. I'm going to have my fantastic wow. from 1973 and bright side of music for, also from 1973. Oh man. So like, you know, so we think of the seventies as like, you know, sludgy and, and, you know, bell bottomy and whatever, but here we got, uh, the morning after by Maureen McGovern. We got, uh, the 12th of never by Donny Osmond. Mm-hmm. Like this is the seventies. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and just this kind of strange, eclectic raspberries, the sweet, you know, it's uh, we we think of uh, disco and, you know, Led Zeppelin, but it was the 70s it, were complicated. It had everything and it was complicated. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No. Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, the, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. No, that, yeah. that's, that's really interesting. So that's, uh, again, one of, the, one of the things that just stood out um, as you dove into this. And, and, and and, and I want to hit a few points here. I'm just going to go down some lists, actually, because sure. um, because so this gets inspired the whole uh, again, we're talking about winning for impact. The, uh, the podcast mm-hmm. gets inspired because of a music video. Right. Um, I was recently talking with uh, with Shirley Manson, who I've had on the show quite a few uh, times. I mean, love massive garbage fan. Right. Yes. And and I started thinking about because we were talking about one of the older albums. It was an anniversary of Beautiful Garbage and uh-huh. the world that they created in their music videos. Mm-hmm. And the music videos were such a world uh, that that it didn't matter how normal and average you were, because everybody is to a certain degree, you know, just but but in this in this scape. So and, and you know, for you to to have latched on to this, to 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 latched onto this music video, uh, and, and here they are, and they're doing the points, you know, mm-hmm. and for and for mm-hmm. what that world built up, you've been in the business long enough to know what's real. Uh, behind the camera at this point but still when you dove in did you find when you when you when you started meeting this group uh i imagine in this similar way that we're doing right now did it take any of that um magic away from the world that was created in that music video not at all not at all uh and if anything it like it enhanced it you know because these were um you know, these are guys who are, you know, roughly my age, maybe a year or two younger, um, who were, you know, high school kids when this was all going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the way in which they they caught Michael Bivens eye is a really interesting story. The way that this that they became one of the first acts that he signed is super interesting. And then they like literally just from like being regular high school kids were kind of thrust into this world. 
And they were, and they continue to be like so starstruck by it, you know? Um, they're like, you know, uh, not to like spoil too much, but like even though the thing didn't work out, they're all still so psyched that it happened. And like, and they feel like, it, it feels like they're really grateful that like that they got the opportunity, even though it didn't work out. Um, and that's like to to experience their enthusiasm around it is like, yeah, it, it, the, you know, the, the 90s monoculture pop music world was really exciting. And to like to be plucked out of your regular life and dropped into the middle of it as they were and as I was, was like, that's that is really exciting. That's like we're we're lucky. We're lucky. I never thought I would say this back then, but I miss the mm -hmm. monoculture. I do. Me, too. Me yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the idea of like being able to get your arms around all of it um, is a thing that we really took for granted. Yeah. Um, you know, like just, um, you know, you might not, like I am considered somebody who knows a lot about music because I, I came up in a time when it was kind of easy to know a lot about music because there was the mainstream and then there was like the little tiny sort of, creek that ran alongside it that that like you know that gave us the replacements and the cure and and you know and the smiths and all the things that like you know the, the weird kids loved you know still a multi-million dollar marketing department that like got it from the recording studio to our ears but it was um there were just a couple major sources from which music came and so you could kind of know all of it now there are a hundred thousand and nobody of any age knows everything that is new and exciting. And that's, I don't know, it's weird. It's hard. I, I mean, I'm sure it's still good for kids and stuff, but like at, as an adult, it feels chaotic. So, so for you nowadays, uh, yes. do you find, and, and maybe there's no answer for this, by the way, I, I understand it's one of those questions. Uh, do you find that it's more exciting to discover something new or do mm -hmm. you find for yourself it's more exciting to discover something lost? Ooh, boy. Oh, wow. That's a good question. And kind of both, you know, I, um, I, you know, I definitely love, um, excavating something that I've just never heard of that happened in, in my life, uh, time. I, I just, and when I say got into, please put quotation marks around got into, because there are literally two songs, but there is a, a French artist from like 1983 called BB Flash. And, and one of her songs was playing in the in the lobby of the Ace Hotel, which, of course, it was when I was in New York, somehow not getting COVID a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and I shazammed it and I was like, this is a great song. And I researched and literally it's like two, maybe three, like her greatest hits is three songs and then remixes. Um, but it's like, what a moment, what a moment right. of like French fashion from 1983. Like, that's fascinating. I'm curious where she is now, you know, and all of that. Um, and then, yeah, on those rare occasions when there's like a new young artist that I can like appreciate and get into at age 50, that definitely it, you know, it feels like I'm one step ahead of the Grim Reaper when that happens. And that's <laughs> right. that's exciting. And then and then there's the thing in between, which is like um, uh, you know, the whole steady and LCD sound system and Frank Turner and all of these things that sort of are meant to, I mean, I don't want to like make them sound like, you know, legacy vintage artists or whatever, but they, but they do kind of play to a 40 year old man's sensibility mm -hmm. in a way. Um, you go to a hold steady concert and it's a bunch of people around your age, you know, drinking too much and jumping up and down. And it's like, right. this is, this is exciting. I don't think my older brothers had this. I don't, I know my parents didn't have it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, Speaking of new tra new tracks, you turned me on to is, is Jake Wesley Rogers. Am I remembering yes. that right? Oh yeah. man, what a what some good songs. That, yeah, yeah, he is he's amazing. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, it was my first show back at the Troubadour in maybe October ish. Um, he had written a song with uh, my friend Curtis Peoples, who has um, has been a solo artist. He's in a group called Kids in America now, um, and that song, the audience like new and connected to and like freaked out over like I you know it, I think it was partially none of us had been together inside the troubadour in a long time 
It was partially that it was, you know, very queer and very poppy, but it was just, I've never seen a more enthusiastic audience. And that was, that was exciting. What's something new uh, throughout Waiting for Impact, you also reintroduce some artists that uh, weren't exactly lost, but uh, definitely not thought about as much. Um, mm -hmm. It was weird. I'm, I'm now actually remembering there was a weird set of coincidences that was happening as I was listening to this, uh, to your podcast that um, at one point I had just pulled out um, behind me, there's a CDs and all that. Um, oh my God, I, this is, this is my dream office. Yeah. I had just pulled out a dog's eye view CD the day before oh, right. I, you have the guy from Dog's Eye View on yeah. on on the podcast, and you have yeah. um, one of the guys from CNC Music Factory, mm -hmm. Liam and, and, Williams, the rapper. And, yeah, right. And and so that's the other side uh, of all of this, and, and other guests. And again, I won't give everyone away because there are really some delightful surprises as we as okay, you go throughout you. this. But um, but yeah, it's it, it's you know the other part of this. You you have this act that sort of never was in a mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. But you have also these acts that was and had a moment and had and, yeah. and tasted it, just tasted it. Yes. And and for that part of the story, you know, how celebratory and frustrating that is at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be, but the, there's also the thing of, of like, sometimes you get to the top of the mountain and you don't like the view there, you know? Like sometimes you do put in all of the work and and you get to where you thought you wanted to go and it's not it's not satisfying you you know and you can either keep you know pounding your head against that wall or you can say like i'm going to i'm going to try something new and uh and so yeah so peter that is what peter stewart did he like he got what he wanted and it didn't fix him the way that he thought that it would and so he started doing a lot of thinking about, you know, what he was going to do next. And that that to me is really interesting. Um, I hate the the cultural thing that we do to people who were were briefly famous and aren't anymore, where it's like we call them has-beens or also-rans or, or whatever. And it's like, well, no, it's the reality is much more complicated than that. Like sometimes you do grab the brass ring and it's like, okay, I don't, this isn't what I wanted. And, you know, you go and you try something new and that's success, I think. Yeah. I mean, hell, some of my favorite albums are the ones after the fame, long after the Absolutely. spotlight. Because because a lot of these musicians, you know, some of them do hang it up and they find different jobs or whatever they need to do. Uh, yeah. Some of them, a lot of them keep making music and it's so much further under the radar and they just make fantastic music, you know. it's yes. and, But and, and hardcore fans will hear it and that's it. And that's all they need. And and it's like it's it's music that is made because they're like because I want because I want to play music mm -hmm. and not because like I want to have a hit record and I have, you know, I have a record label, you know, giving me notes or whatever it is after the fact. And it is often you know released independently or by themselves or put on SoundCloud or whatever. But it's music that is made because they have the need to make music. And that's that's really interesting. So what you call waiting for impact it's also called a dave holmes passion project the mm -hmm. I, I would say the parenthetical title of it the subhead uh, the subhead right um yeah so your story you know whether natural or or you knew it was happening gets weaved in here uh, as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. um what's that part of yours because you got to the top of the mountain as far as a lot of us are concerned you know i mean mtv in the 90s you know was a mountain not, I there are lots of mountains, right? There are a lot of mountains, but yeah, no, that was my dream job too. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Like I, growing up, I was like, I just want, I, I like, I sat in front of the TV as though it was going to like open up and let me in, and and it eventually did, kind of, and and that's that is so exciting, you know, like to to have been, um, like, now that the 13 year olds who were glued to MTV in 1998, 99, 2000 are like adults. Um, to like when, I, you know, it, when someone will come up and say hello to me and, and like talk about how, how glued they were to that moment. It's like, I had my moment in 1983 when it was in 83, when it was, you know, Madonna and Van Halen and, and Prince and, and all that stuff. And like MTV was so, ex so much a part of that for me. Um, and so to know that I am that for someone else is just like, is just cool like that just makes me happy um and then yeah so you know you get maybe five years if you're lucky there and that's around what i got 
And then I started, you know, I continued working in TV and, and did, you know, a bunch of shows across a bunch of cable channels and and got to a point where I was like, I don't um, I don't love I don't love this. Like I, I you know, I still do some TV stuff on occasion, um, but I found that I was doing stuff where I was just reading a teleprompter mm-hmm. and if they replaced me uh, with someone else, the show would be exactly the same. And I got really spoiled being at MTV where it was mostly live. And and it was like, I felt at the end of every show like that only I could have done. Not that I was like the best in the world at doing it, but like if someone else did it, it would be a different show. Um, I got to really put my stamp on it. And you don't get to do that all the time. So, um, so I, I kind of put, like I took my foot off the gas when it came to like, yeah, pursuing TV hosting work and and uh, and focused more on writing and I'm you know it's it, it's way less lucrative but I'm like I'm way happier and uh, and I kind of get to do what I want which is which is exciting you know and and I get I I am able to pitch ideas like Waiting for Impact to people like Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark and uh, and and you know spend the better part of a year doing them that's right. that's really fun. That's really That's, fun. And, and and there was just, there's all these emotional, inspirational moments uh, in this. I mean, God, I, I I know I messaged you immediately after one specific episode. And yeah. and, and for, for those who are going to be listening to it, I don't want to ruin that moment because it builds. I'll, I'll only say there's a Counting Crows moment. Okay, good. That, good. good. I'm, yeah. Because, because, you know, it's, it's what we're both talking about. We're, you know, we're both in our careers you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and every day, regardless of if you're on the upslope or the downslope, there's still a question mark at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know, maybe it's not a question mark you need to even look at or, or mess mm-hmm. with, you know, maybe you can put that question mark off for years if you need to, but mm-hmm. it's there. It's always there. And when I was listening to this, I just happened to be in one of those days where that question mark was looking me right in the face. Oh yeah. Like, do we open the box today? You know, do we, mm-hmm. do we open the box today? Because like you, I've, I've been able to realize a lot of my dreams. Um, you know, thank God for this podcast because I get to meet my heroes all the time and it's sort of on my own terms. Uh, and I yeah. found some great partners to go along with it. And then I got to taste the TV thing and it's like, okay, well that's there. And well, what is success was a question that I kept asking myself. What is success? I hit 40 this year, this is past year, you know, and that's naturally just one of those moments, I guess, where you ask, you start, you know, going inside. Um, I'm not building up to a question. I'm only building up to say your podcast was so perfectly written, not just for the music nerd in me. And it could have only been for that. And I would have been just as happy, but for what you, the rocks you turned over, uh, with waiting in for impacts was so vital to all the words that I think I needed to hear. Oh man, that I'm uh, literally about to cry. Thank you <laughs> for that. And, and, and I, I, that is truly what I was hoping for, you know, like I, I of course wanted to find out what the story of, of this group was, but I also wanted to start exploring those questions for myself and and kind of start a conversation about that for for listeners also and that's that so that makes me very very happy and that is in fact why uh i gave it the subtitle uh a dave holmes passion project because in the early um in the early like weeks of writing the scripts and like you know and 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 trying to find the guys and doing the interviews and all that um i i had that moment of like well, Dave, you have finally found the thing that nobody could possibly care about. Um, like you have, you have reached the end of what you do, um, and you know because it is such a specific thing and it is kind of esoteric. Um, but I reminded myself that like the the themes of the show are interesting, and I am the kind of person who is passionate about this stuff, and I am where I am because I'm the kind of person who's passionate about that this kind of stuff, and it's. Like it's good that I'm passionate, and I should have to remind myself that I'm passionate about. So, so I gave it that subtitle so that it, while writing scripts, I had to keep writing those words, and then when I was recording them, I had to keep saying them, and it was like a form of self hypnosis. So that, it, like, it was like keep going, just keep going. 
um, and you will get to something that is that is interesting and and that that makes the story compelling to to other people and makes them think about their own lives. Like if you just keep going, um, so just keep going it. is the thing. Just keep going is the thing. Like just whatever. Obviously, we all have our, our question marks and whatever, but like some questions are not answerable in the moment. And if you just keep going with what you do best and what you love and what you're passionate about, you're going to get to something that you don't even know what it is yet, but that is interesting and fulfilling and maybe allows you to live and, you know, pay rent. Right. I mean, it's perfectly said. I, w I was uh, I was rewatching some episodes of um, Newsroom, the show that was on HBO, uh -huh. the Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was rewatching uh, a bit of the first season a few weeks ago, and uh, it's one of the last lines of the first couple episodes. And his boss, um, fellow with the bow tie, he—I'm mm -hmm. um, great with names, as you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, bow tie man. <laughs> bow tie man. He, uh, he says, you know, when 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 all the greats went to make uh, you know the best news show ever, uh, basically saying when 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 all these people wanted to be successful. They decided to. They made a decision. They made a decision that today this is what I'm going to be. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm only kind of furthering the point that you just made that uh, it is it is the moving forward and it is the pushing and um, yeah yeah it, it's you know I didn't know what a podcast was 12 years ago you know um, Chris Melanfi who was this chart obsessive didn't know that there would be a slate uh, for him to write for when he was in college, like obsessively pouring over every word of Billboard. Um, you know, you didn't you didn't know that like Kyle Meredith with could be a thing that you could do as often as you wanted to uh, for as long as you wanted to when you were, you know, reading your CMJs in, in the 1990s. There's like there's something if, if we all just keep doing what we're lit up to do we're going to get somewhere great. And that, and that, you know, will be a light that some younger version of ourselves will see that will like keep them moving forward. Yep. I love it. It's such a well done uh, series. Thank you very much. Thank you yeah. very much. Will there be more? Well, maybe. Um, I, there are a couple different things. I, first I have um, a concept for season two that is not, it's not, music based exactly but that is sort of in the in the broader world of pop culture that's also just a, a strange small story that, I, that I've always had in the back of my mind that it might be fun to investigate but also um, you know uh, sure well I'll just say like the guys are are speaking again uh, for the first time in in a couple decades and uh, and recording together and so it is possible that there might be actual music from this group who we never heard uh, a note from wow. um, at some point, maybe 30 years uh, after the fact. Um, so as that process continues to unfold, it's possible that I will be checking in with them. Um, there are also some people who are uh, central to the story who I never did get a chance to talk to, who maybe now that the whole thing is out and they know what it is, might, might uh, agree to speak with me, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, as of right now, it is a 10 episode show and all 10 episodes are up. You can binge it if that's your thing. You can you do it once a week. Listen, I am not, I'm not your boss. You do what you like. <laughs> well, you certainly controlled my life there for uh, at least the few weeks that I was, uh, I was listening to that. Uh, awesome. So oh, that makes me very, very happy. <laughs> yeah. That makes me so happy. Uh, it's beautifully done. Uh, waiting for impact. It's out there on all the streamers. Everybody, everybody, go check it out. Uh, especially if you're in the uh, the music nerd world, you're gonna love this. But if uh, if you just need a good shot of um, inspirational caffeine for the day, it's it's there for you too. Thank you very much. Thank you so, very much. Yeah. And Kyle, um, I'm just like I've been building a song a day playlist mm -hmm. for 2022. Mm -hmm. We're on we're on day four. Right. What is a uh, what is a song that you are uh, listening to it doesn't have to be new. Just like what's what's on your mind right now. You get you get slot number four. <laughs> Luckily, because of uh, me being a music director at uh, a radio station as well, mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm uh, I get to be forced into keeping up with new music, which I would do anyway. Right. But uh, but it keeps me on it. There is a duo in Nashville. I think they're in Nashville. Uh, they're called Twin, but it's T W E N. Twin. Yeah, and it's a song called Ha Ha Home. It's all uh -huh. one word, ha ha home. 
Okay. And uh, yeah, it's 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 got me pretty deep right now, grabbing me. Wow. So that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I that's trust what I'm... your. Uh, I, I trust your ear. It's going on. It's track four. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. We're building a year. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave. Thank you so much. Kyle, thank you. And my thanks to Dave Holmes again. That podcast is called Waiting for Impact. Do go check it out. Big thanks to you as well for checking out this episode. Hit that subscribe button before you get out of here, will you? iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe for a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And while you're at it, if you can uh, leave a rating or give a review, that's always helpful as well. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me in the social media spots, uh, Twitter mostly, uh, also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. But I love this basement. It does look like a proper radio station, but like a radio station from TV. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.